0: Past, present and future. Priorities for community social development. So, priorities for community social development it stems around um, social well being. What is social well being? We all have different ideas of what well being is and what it looks like. There's no sole way of defining it. In the Webster's Dictionary, I checked this up before I came here, it's a state of being happy healthy and prosperous but if we look at research uh, it suggests well-being is dependent on good health positive social relationships and availability and access to a good or satisfactory standard of living and that includes your basic needs: housing food income for me wi-fi <laughs> Social well being applies these elements to our community, and every community is different. Every community's definition of social social well being is different. What Leopard sees will be different from Red Gear, Medicine Hat, Uh, Florida, uh, Pyongyang, South Korea. We all define it differently. And how we define social well being means it shapes the way we strive to address it. And how do we address it? Well, there's several questions we need to answer. First off, what are the dominant social issues, particularly here in that I think we all can agree that there's certain certain issues that are uh have, have an impact uh like homelessness and uh, substance abuse. But what are the other issues? What issues contribute to those? Poverty, uh, social uh, isolation exclusion, mental health. Also, one of the key demographic groups that are affected is our youth, our seniors, new Canadians, the Indigenous community, or other subsets of those groups within our youth or those groups that are are impacted uh, significantly with these issues. And lastly, it's how do we as a community better collaborate so that we can address these issues? Who are all the stakeholders? Who, who all needs to be involved? It's the different governments, the not for profit sector, our service providers. What about the business community or the, uh, the citizens of Leverage? What is their part in this? And how are they involved? The city of Lepbridge is looking to answer those questions with the goal of creating an evidence-based strategy to alleviate the dominant social issues in Leavenworth, and this includes the development of a social needs assessment, a social asset mapping initiative, and foremost, a community social development plan, strategy plan that will feed into two other uh, initiatives that we. Can have a read on that? That are uh, large issues here the municipal housing strategy and the community drug strategy. As you can see here, that these all will feed into and create a, an overall community social well being strategy. But, how, but to, let me uh, now pass on to Alina to, to go into more depth and, and expand upon these ideas and, and how we get there.
1: Thank you and I'm so sorry for being short, <laughs> you cannot see me, um, I, will, I will try to, uh, to see you. So. And I'm also sorry for, for being from Calgary and I'm sorry if we voted no. <laughs> so, uh, so with that being said, um, my presentation is really to tell you we're here to listen to you. Um, we are at the beginning stages of this work. Um, While we're doing the the research and consultation, we're still gathering from everyone, all the stakeholder groups, so the business community, lived experience, everyone has um, has a stake in in social well-being in the community. So whereas I can speak to um, well-being in general and what's happening in the research body of work and what the implications might be for Lethbridge, you know, it's as much about hearing what it means to you, to all of you, and those you care about, and your community, it's your community, it's your sense of well-being, so it's listening to, to the voice of, um, of Lethbridge citizens um, in this process that's gonna be critical, and that's gonna make the strategy work or fail. Because if it doesn't reflect what's happening on the ground, that means we're gonna put our resources and efforts in the wrong direction, and we're gonna miss the mark. So, um, with that being said, I was asked, and I think it's a it's an important exercise to think about and give you some um, inputs on what's happening across the country. And those these are common pressure points, whether you are in Lethbridge or Red Deer or Medicine Hat. Um, I'm not gonna say Chad thing because that might be stretching it, but these are uh, pressure points on social well-being and social safety nets across communities in Canada that I'm seeing and that I work with all the time, so I have the benefit of hopping from community to community and hearing the stories from um, people like yourselves engaged in these um, challenges and and hearing what's working and what's not working. So with that being said, whether you are in Lethbridge or Calgary, there's consistent reports that the complexity and and the layering of um, challenges people are facing is becoming more and more acute and more complex. So if you're not uh, familiar with the term FASD, it's uh, fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. Right? So FASD, mental health, addictions, trauma, and the compounding of these issues when you put on top new classes of drugs that did not exist 10 years ago. Right? So we might have had trauma, we might have had mental health, but now we have drugs that are infinitesimally more powerful than we did 10 years ago, right? So all of these pieces compound and make the the population that we're trying to support, and the prevention programs we're trying to implement, um, more difficult to to deliver. The second is, and I I call it young, urban, and indigenous, and the calls to action of reconciliation. So we know so much more now, and whereas the indigenous community might have been telling us this the whole time, we know so much more about the intergenerational trauma, and we have a young and growing urban indigenous population as well that is mobilizing and, um, and becoming much more vocal and having a say in their own um, communities and, and their trajectory around self-determination. So that's another trend that we're seeing across the country that we want to be aware of as well. And these are, these are positive things. These are opportunities for us as well to leverage the third is around diversity, so the indigenous component for sure, but we've also got increasing immigration, um, especially in Lethbridge. Compared to other communities, you, you certainly have a growing newcomer population that is, again, layering the diversity of the community, brings in exciting um, cultural influences and, and positive aspects, but it also brings in some, some challenges as well. Do we have services that, that are well positioned to? Um, support settlement and integration of newcomers with the, some of the challenges that they bring that are different as well so speaking about Syrian refugees in particular violence occurs the lifespan context gender and income again we're recognizing more and more that violence is not just a woman's issue Right? violence impacts everyone the entire community it also impacts men and people of diverse Um, gender identification as well. So how are we supporting the whole community to to challenge violence and um, prevent violence in the first place? Social disorder, public intoxication, the perception of safety. Again, I'm not telling you anything that's not in your headlines, um, other than to reaffirm that this is a challenge happening across the country and of course in in other countries as well. So how um, we come up with solutions here Is going to really be beneficial to fellow communities as well. While the crisis might be felt more acutely in Lethbridge, this is not a crisis, that is only Lethbridge's crisis. Can I tell you what the best practice and the solution is? Probably not, because everybody's still struggling with this. So I can tell you what might be promising and where the evidence is. Is leading um, us to go, and I can certainly tell you that it's about a continuum of services, not about a silver bullet. Right? So we're going to need to have the addiction treatment, the prevention, the education, the public awareness, the enforcement, as well as um, the crisis response at the street level. So there's, there's no silver bullet there. Um, number six, housing, homelessness, and poverty. And again, affordable housing is Um, has prompted the creation of a national housing strategy, so clearly not something that's gonna only be your challenge. Now, homelessness numbers um, increasing, et cetera, that is is something that uh, there might be more digging into that we need to do, so why why is it that uh, certain um, indicators and among particular subgroups are showing us increases in housing uh, challenges as well? So we know that Homelessness, for instance, in Medicine Hat, looks very different than it does here, so the unique drivers in Lethbridge will need to be uh, dug into more. The performance, accountability, and innovation, especially as we near provincial elections as well, there's huge expectation on nonprofits as well as government to demonstrate value for tax dollar, which I'm number one proponent of as well. We need to understand where money is getting spent and to what impact and we need to reward performance and we need to reward innovation as well. So it's about coordinating, it's about understanding the assets and it's about investing in what works for our community. Number eight, brain science and impact on well-being. So understanding the impacts of trauma and addressing um, early on and preventing trauma in in child brain development as well, maternal health. We know so much now about brain development and how to be strategic in our approach so that we prevent number one, right, the later complexities later on. So we can't just push on the crisis. We need to push on prevention simultaneously, so we don't live with these challenges long term. And then, of course, um, love my grandma, but we we're getting a lot more grandmas. The aging across the um, the population and um, that actually includes some of our vulnerable populations as well, and ensuring that our services are meeting the needs of people um, aging, and we're supporting aging process in a way that that is responsive to um, to people's needs, not to what this system might think people need as well. So that, of course, is going to be a, a continuing um, challenge, but also opportunity as well, because grandmas have a lot of spare time, so. Um, and grandpas, I should say. So there's a, a lot of volunteerism that we can leverage in, uh, in our collective impact together. So I'll, uh, I'll pass it on to Kimberly. I know we're going really quickly through this, so I look forward to the discussion after with you as well.
2: Thank you, Alina. Um,
1: my name is Kimberly Lyle,
2: and I'm from this community, born and raised here. Uh, I'm passionate about the work that we're doing and I'm happy to be part of this team because living in this community, it's sometimes difficult to watch your community change. There's some really great things happening and there's some really worrisome things happening and I'm excited about having someone of Alina's caliber on our team because she's working across the country and her work is being recognized and I think you're going to hear some of the things we're doing where Lethbridge is going to help create the path for the communities in this country. So that being said, I first got involved in this project as a consultant for the Lethbridge Asset Mapping Project. There's two ways to look at every problem. You can look at what's going wrong and where we're failing. You can also look at what we're doing right and where we can build upon our strengths. So the idea of asset mapping really looks at, let's understand the full range of services and supports that are already in our community. We need to know what we're doing, we need to know what we're doing well, we need to know maybe where we're duplicating, and we need to know where the gaps are before we can go forward with how do we address the needs that are current and emerging. So asset mapping has been around for a long time, it's not new, but what is interesting is, in the past, people would map the assets and get the big list of all the services in the community, it would go into the report, and then only the people who had access to the report could see the full range of assets. When the city of Lethbridge decided they wanted to do an asset mapping project, they said we really need this to be the community's map, not just the city's. So they pulled together a steering committee of people, two of which, uh, Canadian Mental Health Association, Community Links, and Volunteer Lethbridge are key cornerstone partners in. We also have AHS at the table and a number of other community organizations who really saw the need for everyone in this community to have access to this map, so that they could, in real time, see what programs are being offered, what services are available, and how do we make sure that people who need help can get connected to what is available. Um, so when we sat down, the first part was really, let's identify and map out what all the social supports and services are. And you might think that it's obvious. Okay, well I know that the city kitchen provides these services. I know that the Housing Authority does these things. But there is a tremendous wealth of programming in this community that is not known. There are organizations out there that form because they see a need and they they volunteer and they fundraise and they serve that population but it's not widespread knowing that this is existing. So there's been a tremendous amount of work done in just identifying what are all the programs and who's doing what and then the next step is assessing, as I said, the strengths and the gaps and really understanding why are these programs being offered. Is it because there's been a needs assessment done? Is it because there was a funding program available? Is it because we've always done it this way, and this is what we're known for, so we're gonna continue doing it? Alina mentioned innovation, and we're seeing a lot of really great innovative work in the community. We have social agencies who care deeply, whose staff live and breathe this community, and they're being incredibly innovative because they're being incredibly stretched. The dollars aren't always available. Sustainability in those organizations fluctuates from year to year. And so they're forced to be innovative. And so understanding why they provide the services they do, how they do, what the challenges are, and how do we help them to be successful so they can continue to provide services is part of this work. The third part really speaks to matching the needs we've identified in the community with the resources we have and the gaps that we have and the opportunities we have to fill those gaps with innovative solutions. When we first sat around the table and talked about this asset map, it was loud and clear to me. I asked all the participants, all the agencies, tell me why you're here. Because I know you have work on your desk in your office that you're not doing, you're taking time away from that to sit at this table. Tell me what's important to you. Every person said, we need more collaboration. We need to communicate. I know there's other agencies in this community that I could be working with. I just need something to facilitate a way for me to do that effectively. So the promise was that throughout this whole process, we need to be very open, very transparent, very collaborative. We need to talk to everybody. And if it took more time, if it took more effort, didn't matter. It was important enough that we do this right the first time. And that we also made sure that we got our facts straight. That the research that Alina has access to, those studies, that that's factual. But the stories of the people in our community are also factual the reality of the person on the street and what their life is, the reality of the business owner and the struggles they're facing, the reality of people working in social services, big brothers and sisters, or the soup kitchen. That that's reality too. And that we consider all of that in a plan that all of us as a community can live with as we move forward. That we look at things through the, the viewpoint or the lens of the social service agency, but also of the end user but also of the funder and also of the community at large. Volunteer Lethbridge has been a great partner because we recognize there's a lot of us in this community that want to be part of solutions. And that if we create this opportunity to solve some of our challenges,
1: those of us that want to volunteer need a
2: way to connect to being a volunteer for part of the solutions. So this this was the general goal. That being said, we overcame the challenge of having this work just sit in a report somewhere by accessing an amazing new platform called Help Seeker, which coincidentally was the brainchild of Dr. Lena Turner. So I'm going to ask her to come
1: speak to when it was formed and why. <laughs> okay. How many of you have smartphones or phones? Okay. So go to Help Seeker, download the app, or check it out. Um, because all of your services in Lethbridge are now live and accessible to every citizen um, at any point. When, uh, and you said it was my grandchild, yeah, this is me and my husband having a great idea on our uh, Thanksgiving dinner last year, where we said, you know, it's really crazy that I know exactly what the best Thai restaurant is in 500 meters radius. Isn't that crazy? But when somebody says, hey, I wanna leave my husband because There's violence in the home and I have to say, okay, wait, it's a good thing I have a PhD in this because I still don't know where to send you. That's not acceptable. That's not okay. So not understanding what the system of resources are and how to access them
2: in this day and age
1: with this level of technology is not acceptable. And we kept saying, yeah, somebody should totally do that. should totally do that. And then we said, you know what, nobody's going to do that because there's no money in it because it's helping poor people, or people in need, or in a crisis, find the help they need. So we said, you know what, let's us do this. So it's actually me and and Travis, my my husband, who developed the app, and uh, Kimberly, I don't know how you found out about it, but she did right when we launched in April, and Lethbridge is really the first community that came on board to adopt this new technology, and because of that early adoption of the apps, Uh, We've been able to leverage that buy-in, and it's now an Alberta-wide platform as well. So it doesn't matter where you are in Alberta, you can find support anywhere um, and find out exactly what services there are. And that's, again, it's constantly updated and organizations are able to put in their their new services in in real time. And then the the beauty of it is we get data on the back end to analyze trends and demand. So I'll pass it back to you to talk about that.
2: What I'm showing you right now is the home screen of HelpSeeker, if you go onto it. So you, you can download the app, or you can also go to HelpSeeker.org. And there's two buttons there, Find Help Here or Add a Service. When you click on the Find Help Here button, you can type in what you're looking for. I'm looking for Counseling for Youth. I'm looking for Shelter for a Senior. And all of the services in Lethbridge will pop up. So this gives you a screenshot of the map, and you can see it's all by location. And when you click on one of those services, information pops up that describes to you what the intake process is, what the hours of operation are, where they're located, how how do you access that help. Um, There's also an opportunity for the organizations themselves to monitor their own information and and register it. So when we discovered HelpSeeker, and it is amazing because literally they launched in April and I called them in April and said, this is a great process you've got, but we need to do an asset map. Do you think that we could use this for our asset map? Because now we've got everything mapped out the way we want to. We can search it by who you're serving, what the service is, when it's lo- available, where it's located, but it's accessible to everybody. Anybody in the public, any funder, any service organization can go onto this and find this information. We've taken it out of the back room and put it into the public, which is our goal. You can see that When we started in April, and I have to again acknowledge Volunteer Lethbridge and Community Links because they have done a ton of work on this, contacting organizations and making sure that all of our social service agencies knew to register for this, Um, in that period of time we have 400 listings, which is 400 different programs and services available in Lethbridge. We also have 150 locations that provide those services. So if you think about it, Lethbridge Family Services has um, a couple different locations and they provide multiple services from each location. What's interesting is you can't just take 400 divided, or 150 divided by 400 or whatever, because some people only have a location and some people only have um, services. Thank okay. you. So the multitude of services that are available is amazing. And now we're taking this to the point where we do start to break it down, analyze it, and see again, what are our strengths, what are we doing well, where are the gaps, and how do we tie this to the research that we're doing to understand what are the real issues in this community? and how do we, how we fix them? Uh, what's interesting is there's been no promotion of HelpSeeker. Community Links is using this database now for their referral service, so that partnership is in place, we're not duplicating anything, we're improving upon the existing service. But in the first 14 days of this month alone, there were 7,000 searches on HelpSeeker, or 500 a day for leverage. The top searches were youth counseling, education and training, mental health, and abuse. And what's interesting is this is very early stages data. Uh, We have some sense that youth might be high because it's technology and and they might be more aware to find this. But as we go on, this is going to give us reporting that's going to tell us what are people looking for, where are the needs. So as we go forward in this community, we're continually getting good data to help make decisions.
1: So why does this matter? I'm asking you to come back. And I have one minute, one minute. Three or four. Three or four? Alright. Well, there's you know there's no problem talking about system integration in three minutes, right? <laughs> Why does it matter? It matters because it takes all of these systems to, and all of these services to integrate at the user level, at that point of contact with people in need, that the community is actually going to make an impact. So if I only look at shelter, because I have that immediate need, but I'm not addressing the underlying causes that bring me into homelessness, that might be uh, abuse, mental health challenges, addictions, trauma, all those things. So it takes a, a whole community approach, it takes a whole government approach to resolve the underlying root causes. <laughs> and so it's really tough to get all of these government departments on the same page for Lethbridge. But what we can do is actually use technology innovation to integrate services at the front door level, at the client level, at that point of service. So at least every citizen in Lethbridge knows exactly what's out there in real time. They don't need to call 500 different places, they have it um, in their hand. And so of course, This approach, as we mentioned before, is something that is being looked at nationally to to replicate in other communities as well. So getting calls from Ontario, BC, Northwest Territories on how do do other communities adopt this approach as as well. So it's an exciting time and it's also an opportunity for us to say, number one, we're, we're listening, but we're also giving back resources while we're doing the research. Because there's a whole lot of talking happening in the community, a whole lot of strategies and a lot of research. But there's pieces that we can actually deliver on that we don't need to research the heck out of because we we know some of these pieces need to come into play ASAP. So this is a research that you can take away today. Think about um, the number one place people go to when they need help on any of these issues are friends and family. And you are the friends and family. So you being educated on how to make appropriate referrals, how to tell people where to go for help is going to be a a step in the right direction of getting people hooked up with services early on so that they don't fester and become um, crises longer term. So with that, I uh, wanted to end on, again, the dominant social issues and and why we're here to talk to you. We have lunch, I believe, and then we're going to have some Q&As. And I want you to think about these three questions as you as you chew your delicious food. I look forward to that and hunger myself. So, what are the dominant social issues in Lethbridge from your perspective? Who is affected? How do we address these issues as a community? Because it's going to take all of us to make this this, this move. So, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to the discussion.